0: Hello and welcome to Trigonometry. I'm Francis Foster. I'm Constantin Kissin. And this is a show for you if you want honest conversations with fascinating guests.
1: Our brilliant guest this week is a wonderful comedian, Andrew Lawrence. Welcome to Trigonometry.
2: Oh thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah. It's great to have you on. It's
2: nice <laughs> that's the best review I've had for a while
1: <laughs> I should be a Guardian journalist just to, um, give give you one good review uh, yeah, well, so be, anyway need for...
2: one, one decent comedy journalist yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> it will be a long time before that happens I'm yeah. afraid that one's for you Steve <laughs> yes <laughs> does <it laughs> Steve know uh, what's his face Bennett Brian Brian oh, Brian Logan oh, the, Brian Guardian. the uh, Guardian they're all the same
2: yeah. anyway <laughs> they're all the same All these. the racism has started already <laughs> perfect <laughs> alright
1: what we wanted to talk to you about is m- the sense I get from you. There's mm. th- you, you, you want things to be fair and meritocratic. Well, this is but what, throughout yeah. your career, you mm. felt like that wasn't happening, and there was a particular moment, I think, where all that came to a head for you. Well, so tell us about I, I, that.
2: I think, um, yeah, they, you can get to certain places. There, there is, an, or there was, an element of meritocracy to it. But I was certainly very naive, and it is very naive to think that you know it's a business it it and i, I didn't think that it it would, would work on merit but that's all i had you mm. know i think well if i work hard if i work hard i'll get there if i'm working harder than everyone else and i'm better than everyone else more talented than everyone else getting a bigger reaction or more laughs on the night than everyone else which is the only way to gauge these things um then uh then I'll, I'll make some sort of progress, and um, the only progress I, I, I really wanted to make was, was to have some sort of uh, uh, quality of life financially and, and do my own touring shows. I wanted to I wanted to to play to my own audiences in in sort of art center venues, and, and I achieved that, and I still do that. And um, uh, so I achieved what I, I wanted to do, but I became disillusioned because I thought it was a, a more kind of a, Morally, that it was a better industry than it was, and a a more that there were values there. Because it certainly uh, there is a face to to the comedy industry, there is a front to it. That especially now, um, that there's there's something ethical going on. That these are good people. which is not the case. It's it's like many other businesses. There's a lot of nastiness, a lot of corruption going on, and you expect that, and you just try your best, you work hard, and you see what happens. But uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly got disillusioned. But um, I did a show in uh, in two thousand and um, the summer of two thousand fourteen at the Edinburgh Fringe, by which time I'd I'd parted um, company with the big powerful agents. That I'd been signed with, and I was I was now with a smaller, a small independent agents um, because I knew I'd I'd sort of um, I'd sort of been chewed up and spat out. I knew I'd had my I'd had my run. I'd had my run, and now they're moving on, sort of leaving me behind. And it was someone other people's turn. It was the next it was the next thing was coming through, and people were bored of me now. And you know that was all right as long as I was making a living. So, so I was signed with a smaller, uh, more independent agent. I went up to Edinburgh with them, and a, a really, really good Edinburgh, really, really well received show, sort of predominantly kind of five stars and, and four stars, and, and then a few, a few quite nasty reviews towards the end of the festival, quite political reviews. The show I did was called Reasons to Kill Yourself.
0: And, uh, <laughs> I saw it. it; was a great show. Uh,
2: and and the first um. 40, probably the first 40, 45 minutes of the show was, was uh, just gag, gag, gag uh, about um, about being quite miserable and quite depressed naturally as a person and, and um, about death as well. And then... Um,
1: I never would have figured you for that <laughs> kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> and then the
2: last 15 minutes of the show was... was uh, I... I, I um, I stopped doing the gag, gag, gag every 20 seconds and it became a lot, a longer form bit for the last 15 minutes, um, which allowed me to kind of talk about my experience in uh, in stand-up comedy and how I'd been quite naive and I, I, I'd, I'd given a lot more of myself and sacrificed a lot more than I should have thinking that thinking that there was the element of merit would see me through um, and that it hadn't worked out uh, and that, um, you know, a a side effect of that was the relationship I'd been in with someone. I'd lived with her for nine years and she had also started out in comedy at the same time as me and she'd won a Channel 4 writing competition and they'd done nothing for her, nothing and she'd had nine years of, of misery and, and no income, nothing. And, and it sort of, you know, it ruined her life really because, you know, this, this guy running Channel 4 thought, oh, we'll have this new comedy writing initiative and we'll, it's a national thing. And we'll do it. But then we will just, once it's done, it'll be good for me. It'll be good for my uh, career because I've done this thing. But whoever wins, we'll just won't care about them. We'll brush them under the carpet. But. So that relationship came to an end, and I, I was I was uh, I was sort of angry for her, and I, I was um, I was quite sort of feeling sorry for myself. And it was a it it, it it was a powerful show, I think. It was very very funny for those 40, 40 45 minutes, and then that last ten fifteen. Um, I, I felt like I was saying what I wanted to say, but also what I, what I, I felt a lot of other. Comics and a lot of people th- coming into the industry that like, I wanted them to hear before they made the, the sacrifices and commitments that that I had made. I suppose so. It went very well, and I, I, the Edinburgh Friends, Nothing came of it because it was it, uh, um, because I was done. I'd had my run. And, and it didn't matter how well I did up there, I, I was sort of, you know, I, I was yesterday's news and I've been chewed up and, spout and that's fine because I was still doing well, I was still on tour, Um and uh, October that year I, I posted, and I, I was sort of starting to post more on Facebook and, and Twitter and than I, I had previously. You can see um, where this is going if you don't understand. Yeah, I was going to say that's always the, a good idea, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for, I, as I've found. Yeah. Well, for, for um, because so many of the people coming to see me, of course they they follow me on yeah. social media, yeah. whatever if I've got, whatever it is, twenty thousand on Twitter yeah. or whatever. No, not well, I don't know what I've got, but um, there's a lot of people that buy tickets and and. Try to be funny all the time, and, and try and engage with those people on on uh, on social media, and that's what I was doing all the time. And uh, and one post that I, I put on 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 Facebook um, uh, got picked up by by certain people within the comedy industry, some quite successful people within the comedy industry who were really pissed off with what I'd said, and and sort of um, uh, uh, and. Uh, and decided they were going to go on a bit of a run with it. And um,
1: what did you say, Andrew? Because I wasn't, as I say, I wasn't a comic at the time, so I didn't follow it.
2: Well, there were there were there were three strands to it. The first, I think, um, it was about how panel shows there had been too many cheap and easy jokes about um, Ukip on panel shows, and that. I felt like it was out of touch. I felt like, this was 2014 before we'd have a referendum on mm. Brexit. I felt like it was out of touch. I felt that, this is what I put in the post, that that actually UKIP were resonating with a lot of people. And that I think comedians are a little bit uh, in a bubble and and they hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a mild understatement they, right there. They, they, was, they were sort of alienating people by not, by not realising, mm. realising that, and um, I said that people also people were getting on those panel shows uh, not based on merit, but based on the fact they were ticking boxes, um, equality and diversity boxes, which is true and remains true. Um, uh, it's a, it's a primary it's a primary reason for people being booked for. Uh, comedy panel shows and for stand-up shows on on the BBC uh, and on Channel 4 Um, and the third strand of the post was that um, following on from saying uh, a lot of people resonated with UKIP because a lot of people were quite upset about um, in recent years there had been a mass uncontrolled level of immigration which would put an enormous strain on public services, on housing um, and it had been a cynical thing, it, it had been something that um, had, had been done to push a, lo- a lot of unskilled labour into the into the job market so wages for the poorest lowest paid people could be kept artificially low because there, were, there, were, there was such a demand, those jobs and, and, and zero hours contracts could be rolled out um uh and those are the three strengths of the post but of course within that there's, there's a lot within that that you can use if you want to if you want to go for someone if you want to attack someone there's a lot in there you can use to say oh you're this you're that this is this is you know this is uh, uh, you, you're saying that but that's but what you mean is this and and um this was right at the start of where that became a regular occurrence on on social media, on Facebook and Twitter, that there'd be these sort of mass kind of um, pylons where where people would go for someone who had expressed a viewpoint that oh. they didn't agree with, and and sort of manipulate what they had said uh, um, out of all proportion and. And try to smear and discredit them. And it became, I think that was at the start of that. And of course, it happened to so many, so many people, but it was a shock, some, an enormous shock in comedy because it was right at the start mm. of that.
1: Mm. Well, you kind of got cancelled before that was like the cool thing to happen <laughs> yeah. to, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I, I think. Um, you are a trailblazer. I, I don't, it, it, it's difficult because t- to know the extent. And there is an extent to which I was cancelled. There is an extent to to which after I put that post up, it it affected me work-wise. Definitely, I lost a lot of work Mm. because of that post. I lost a lot of work because of that. At the same time, uh, I can't say that the... I, I, I don't think it cost me any sort of, let's say, TV work um, or further work. I had a sitcom in development and I, 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 I carried out and went through with BBC Radio 4, but I don't think it cost me any work in broadcasting because the parameters had changed there and they wanted people... There was an equality and diversity agenda, rightly or wrongly, I don't care, but that's how it is. They they wanted people who were ticking certain boxes and uh, ability or or comedic ability was secondary to that, to that political agenda. And so I was out the door uh, already because of that. So putting that post up, you know, wasn't going to affect that. It, it certainly. I was just out on tour at that point. I wasn't. I wasn't doing club gigs because I didn't need to. I was just touring. But there were certainly venues that wouldn't book me. That had booked me a lot in the past, regardless of the fact they hadn't seen the show that I was doing. Uh, so
1: you got put in the box, basically. That's yeah, what they, they
2: based on that yeah. Facebook post or what they'd read about it somewhere, right. or what they'd read about it on someone else's Twitter feed, or read about it in an online blog or something based on that they decided they didn't want to well
1: let me ask you something because are you happy with the way that you phrased what you said in that post because i I remember when we had simon evans on the show uh, a great comedian Uh, one of the things he said is that a lot of people in the comedy industry agreed with you Mm. And he did, yeah. but the way you phrase some of the of the points that you made, which in my opinion are perfectly legitimate, mm. and va- valid yeah. points for someone to have, whether I personally agree with them or not, yeah. the way he said that he felt the way you phrase some of that something about female comedians pretending to be comedians or something—I don't know if that's the right quote—but like yeah. he felt that he was much more difficult for people to defend you.
2: Oh, it's very it's very loaded, but that was where the humor was wasn't there and and don't forget the only reason the reason why i was putting these posts up on facebook and on twitter was to try and entertain and and uh, amuse the audience my audience of of ticket buyers who come to see my shows that's who it was for mm. it's not me phoning up comedians or agents or, or tv production companies or sending them an email or um
1: you're a bit <laughs> shit, mate. <laughs> exactly.
2: They, they, they you're s- only there because you're a woman. Yeah. Well, they saw it because it's... Yeah. They want to mm-hmm. look at the pages up to them. Someone else shared it. Someone shared it with them, mm-hmm. and, um, which is fine. But, uh, you know, it, it wasn't intended for them. And there's no no reason why they should have bothered it with it anyway. They might have looked at it and thought, oh, well, I don't agree with that, and moved on. But they didn't want to do that. Mm. They wanted to do more than that. And... Um, uh, the expression I used, I think, very difficult, 2014, I said that, um, uh, comics were being booked for comedy shows based on uh, their gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, so time. And, uh, I think I talked, I said, uh, there were women posing as comedians mm. on panel shows, which there were. There were, there were comedy panel shows with comedians and there there were, Women who were comedians on there, who'd been, who were open spots essentially, who were doing open spots or or middle spots at gigs, who had been fast tracked.
1: How things haven't (laughs) changed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For me, that is a harsh way of putting it, but I'm afraid you are. If you're an open spot Mm. or a middle spot, who's just starting to be paid at gigs, and you have been fast tracked into live at the Apollo, which was what was uh, to um. Mock the week, yeah. which was what was happening yeah. then, because they wanted female comedians. Yeah. If that's who you were, then then you were still learning your craft. You were posing as a comedian. Yeah. You weren't there yet. You and were getting there. Um, but, uh, and it's, it's certainly a harsh phrase, but if you're reading it as someone who comes to see, goes to see comedy, buys tickets for an Andrew Lawrence comedy show, it it's the harshness of the phrase is quite funny, mm. because the very fact that I've written the post at all is yeah, is risky uh, mm. back then it's even risky mm. because it's, it flies in the face so much of what the mentality and the ethos of the comedy comedy industry was and is was back then and is now, it, it was so such a sort of biting the hand that feeds you exercise. That's where the humour was, the audacity and the cheek of doing that. That's why it was funny, um, which is, is, is galling to have to explain it. Mm-hmm. It's galling to have to explain it because people got that but and then people choose chose to ignore that as well. Uh, and when Simon Evans says, oh, I didn't agree with what he says. That's
1: not he, what he said, actually. Or, or no,
2: he, he said, I, I didn't agree with the way he phrased it or yeah, whatever yeah, he said. Yeah. Then he, He's missing the fact that it wasn't intended for him and it wasn't intended for the comedy industry. Why on earth would I bother wasting my time putting a post on on social media for any other anyone else than the people who who buy tickets to see my my shows? And also, it's not as if I was the first person, the first comic to, to criticise and take take the uh, piss out of Mock the Week. I think a lot of people have been saying it was bad for a very long time, and continue to say it's bad online. A lot of comics
0: um so you put the post up yeah yeah. and you saw the reaction there must have been a bit of you andrew that must have thought for fuck's sake what have i done here do you regret putting that post up
2: i i felt no i don't well if i would yeah i wouldn't have put it up if i'd known the reaction it's still up there now so the content of it i'm happy with um uh and uh, I, I regret a reaction. If I knew the reaction, I wouldn't have put it up. But I, at that point, I felt detached from the comedy industry anyway, at that point, because all I was doing was going, and and this was the extent of of my job, was I was going to art centre venues. I didn't have a support act. I didn't have a tour manager or anything like that. I'd go to my art centre venues. I'd meet the t- technician, and we work out the lights and the sound, and I'd do my show. And I go home. So I was detached from mm. the whole comedy industry and had been for probably, probably a year or, or, or more. Cause I wasn't really seeing other comedians or socially or other aura gigs. I wasn't doing TV or radio really at that point. I was just doing those tour dates. So, um, and these people who were suddenly co- comics who were suddenly leaving comments or messaging me. On social media, many of whom I'd never met before in my life, Um, and some that I had, I thought, "Well, (laughs) why are you talking to me now? I haven't talked to you in years." You know, (laughs) feel free to come and chat to me any time on social media, but I've no idea you're even following me or or (laughs) looking at my posts. And uh, so it it was odd, and my reaction was, "Well, just, just leave it. I'm not really." I, I felt like I wasn't part of. I felt like I was apart from it. You know the, yeah. that it had never been my politics, the the, 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 the the politics of the comedy industry. I don't really, I don't know what what I am. It changes all, all the time politically. I, I, I'm quite, um, I don't. I'm quite, you know, without sounding poncy, I'm quite nihilistic. I don't really. I struggled to find any real sort of meaning or or, or have any real fixed views. Mm constantly you know at different times i think and you know i think different things but i'm not really committed Some men just to, want
0: to see the world burn andrew well i'm, <laughs> I'm not
2: I'm, I'm just not really committed to yeah. anything do you know what i mean i'm not really which is nihilism isn't it I, i'd never i'd always felt sort of an outsider in in the stand-up industry to that degree in green rooms in dressing rooms and on tv things i, I, I felt like an outsider but then you step on stage and it feels like you're at home. Yeah. You know. You feel. Well, this is it. I, I know where I am. What I'm doing here. This is. This is perfect. I don't want to do anything else. But that. I don't know what my politics are. I don't have any fixed politics. All I knew was I wasn't that sort of sanctimonious, self-righteous, uh, sort of um, faux liberal thing that has existed in comedy long before any of us started um but i felt like i could do it anyway i was able i was allowed to do stand-up comedy i didn't have to be that thing but maybe i did uh, maybe you do have to be that thing but uh so I, but, it,
0: but it was very much marketed andrew as when mm, it happened yeah. as in andrew lawrence has now gone right wing andrew well, lawrence yeah. has now turned to the dark side
2: well i think that that was um there was, there was one particular journalist at the time picked up on it specifically, which was, was, um, a guy called Steve Bennett who runs a, a comedy website called Chortle. And, and, and when I put this Facebook post up, I think there were three articles about me on the, on the homepage mm. of the website. It's very unusual because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not well known. You know, even I wasn't well, even at the, the peak of the work I was mm. doing. I, I I'd go. I still occasionally get recognised once every, probably once every couple of weeks. Someone say, mm. "Oh, you're that comic." Mm. But and then it, it, it might happen every so if I was out and about, maybe once every three days or something. But and i would and wear a hat all the time anyway because I hate all that. Um, but I wasn't well known, mm. so there was no. That there was something extra to the fact that he he picked up on it, thought, I'm gonna run with this. Mm. Uh and I'm sure he was getting hits. It must have been that he he, he was he was getting a lot of hits on his yeah. website for He me. did
1: the same thing with me. When I turned yeah. down um, that contract, he did exactly the same
0: thing.
2: And there was no there was no none of you... <laughs> yeah, you were gonna make a joke about yeah. Steve Bennett. You can't no, miss no, this up No, No, Come no, on. no.
0: I'm just saying it never yeah. happened to me because I'm a good person. <laughs> 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 Not like the rest yeah. of you bricks.
1: <laughs> but Andrew, what really <laughs> happened with you, it seems to me, is that yeah. You, you tread on a landmine, which maybe mm. you weren't even aware of at the time, which is we all know, mm. and even the people who ad- advocate for the diversity thing, mm. they know what they're doing, which mm. is they're promoting people who, who are not... And, and I don't say this as a criticism of them because yeah. it's mm. not their fault, huh? but there are people who are being pushed mm. because of, as you say, they tick a certain box. Yeah. Um, and you... It seems to me like you tread on that landmine because maybe you hadn't realized how toxic an issue it was because you were really saying the emperor's naked when no one wanted to hear that.
2: I don't mind. I, do you know, I don't even mind it. I don't even mind. I don't mind that people get opportunities for that reason. What I what I want people to do is admit that it's happening. Yeah. Because there's, there's other people who aren't getting opportunities because of this political, decora, uh, uh, this political uh, agenda. So, if, if you're that person who's got this opportunity because you've ticked that box, at least have the humility to to acknowledge that and know that. And actually, some some comedians do to great comedic effect. You know, I think um, uh, Romesh Ranganathan, who who I love, I, th- I think he's a great comic and uh, uh, he's a nice guy. Um, he went on. I, I saw him go on a few shows, and he'd open by 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 uh, by saying, "Don't worry, guys. Doesn't matter whether I'm funny. I'm only here to tick a quality or diversity box or something like that." Mm, it's very yeah, funny, yeah. but he also knows there's truth to that as well, yeah. and he he knows that, and he's saying, and, and I respect that, and and also I've seen, I think I saw. um it, well, it's his joke. I've seen other, other comics do it, but I'm not going to give him credit for doing it because he's the first that I saw do it. Um, so I, I have respect for that, um, and I, I think um, I'm a real believer in that. Uh, in that um, very popular expression, uh, uh, "Stay humble or be humbled," <laughs> um, and uh, I just want people to admit it's going on, and some because it is, isn't it? Mm. Um, and and uh, it's all a little bit clandestine.
0: It is, uh, yeah, it is. And you know, and then we, we see people getting promoted, and we're like, yeah. "Hang on, I just you, yeah. you're not that good. I've seen you struggle." Yeah. You, you touched on faux liberalism, which I find really, really interesting within the comedy industry, And mm. in that everyone pretends to be liberal, everyone pretends to be woke. Mm. Why have we got this pressure when really comedians are always dreadful people?
2: Yeah, well, there's. It's it's. Um,
1: you only think that because you work
0: with me. <laughs> yeah,
2: true. I think uh, it, it's it's an odd thing, isn't it, to want to devote your life to go step on stage and trying to make strangers laugh. And I don't think it. Uh, I, I think a lot of the time it doesn't come from a good place. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, it, it's very difficult. The whole the sanctimony, the self righteousness, the. The the faux liberalism, the the um, the posturing. You think is this knowingly deceitful? Are they knowingly uh, putting on this front, or is it a sort of is it a sort of mass hysteria? Is there a cult? Is it a cult? You know mm. what I mean? Is, uh, because I like to, I like to, to, if you've got a little bit of faith in humanity, you think. I don't want to think that, that it, it's a deceit. They're doing yeah. it because they think it would help their career. I don't want to think that. I want to think it's because it's it's got into their head. because It it's, doesn't have to be that devious cult, though, Andrew, it? does yeah. it? Because like, mm. I was
1: talking to somebody uh, at, at a comedy club the other day and he mm. was saying to me, oh, I really like, like the way you talk about politics because I can't mm. do it. And I, uh. I was like, what, what do you mean you can't do it? And he mm. went, well, I'm just a straight white guy. Uh, born british therefore yeah. if i start talking about my opinions i'm going to get destroyed there's also just mm. an element of like survival instinct for some people do you know what i mean it's Object not like fear yeah well it's not like they've sat down and gone oh what's the best way to advance my career mm. they maybe just don't want to get crushed the
2: in- trouble is if you go if you're a good comic you go for what's difficult or yeah you go for what what's the one thing people what's the one thing Right, no that's no different the, where there's jeopardy in me making jokes yeah. about it because if you get it right there's a risk the risk reward thing is if you tackle that subject that could ruin you and you get it right the reaction <laughs> the whole room explodes yes. laughter people doubled over with laughter uh, if you get it wrong 10 years ago you probably die for the rest of the gig didn't matter you start again at the next gig if you get it wrong this now uh, it's could be be your whole career over. It Mm. could be Mm. as a comedian. Um, So the risk-reward is much greater, but there is a positive to that in as much as it is quite quite an exciting time to watch those comics say those things and take those risks where you think this could ruin you, but you're getting it right and it's hilarious because if those comics said the same thing ten years ago, if Patrice O'Neill, who's maybe probably arguably the best of all time one of the best of all time patrice o'neill uh said the things he said whatever it was i don't
0: know why can't i harass you
2: well (laughs) yeah if he's whatever whatever he the things he said on stage what what were we going to say 15 years ago Mm. he said them then and they were and he was brilliant if he said them now and get go away with it which he would imagine how much fun it would be because of the jeopardy and the joy that yeah, it would give you yeah. thinking you can you can do it
1: it's like the Chappelle special or Ricky Gervais yes. at, at, yeah, the at the Golden Globe, Globe.
2: exactly watching people that, are crying out for watching it watching those Chappelle specials in recent years is exciting cause what's he gonna, he's going to um, but Bill Burr as well A- mm. and uh, A- Andrew Schultz as well yeah. Andrew Schultz in this country wouldn't, wouldn't would not if he was starting out he wouldn't get a gig he'd be he'd be he'd be blacklisted everywhere he would be blacklisted he would not he would not play anywhere I think
0: Okay, so that's a great point. So he, but why do you think we have this urge to blacklist people? Is it?
2: I I don't. It's a, it's a difficult word. And blacklist might be, it might be the wrong.
0: Or, or or, you know, or or suddenly you know, shun or whatever else. Punish people
1: for having the wrong opinion or the wrong type of comment. But
2: you see, it's all done very carefully. There's nothing. So much of it isn't overt. But you see, Alistair Williams talk about how oh, I, I I can't play the clubs. The clubs he used to book me won't book me, and I, my career's over because I, I put this video up about about a Brexit. This which was a funny funny video. You should watch it if you haven't. Al- Alistair Williams Brexit Burger King. It's a very funny video. Um, and he says I put this video up, and now m- my career's finished. Comedy career's finished. And I'm sure a lot of people look at that and think, really. Yeah, are you sure? I'm not. I think you're, you're playing up to this a little bit, but I know because I, I, I've been there. That actually, there are clubs, there are clubs that that won't book him now, and for him, the difference between those clubs that won't book him that were booking him, uh, who are not booking him now, is the difference between making a living and not. So, by putting that video up, and these clubs not booking him anymore. He's not able to make a living from stand-up, potentially, which means he can't focus on on what he's doing full-time. He's got to find some other source of income. And it's very, very damaging to him as a comedian in developing going to do gigs and writing and, and coming up with new material because now oh, he's got a lot of money worries about how he's going to pay his bills when actually his diary should be full every weekend should be full in his diary because he's a good comic and he he delivers uh, and he's reliable um and he's he's not a, he's not controversial actually he's not he's he can, you know you can you can look at some of the stuff he posts online i think he's controversial but you put him in a club anywhere on a weekend and he'll, he'll deliver and he's a very reliable act. So people should book him. And I know he's, he, he's, he's not lying. There are clubs that, because, uh, they, they, you know, when I, uh, touring venues, some of them stop booking me. And even this time around, on my tour this time around, I send them a copy for the blurb for the show. To promote the show that they put on their their website, whatever it is, a hundred words or something, and based on that, not a word of the show they haven't seen the show they don't even know what the show is before or, or what what the content of the show is before they've booked it in two venues on this short show on this tour booked my show in contracts all 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 done, got the copy for the show, so we're not we're not doing this so they had to pay me a cancellation fee. Mm. Uh, because they want to cancel the show, which is fine. I don't have to make the journey. <laughs>
1: you found a great <laughs> way to cash in, money, money, cash money in make... on your notoriety. Yeah.
2: Money, it's the it's the. Um, uh, I but uh, then I, I came to doing playing less and less touring venues. So I thought, I want to stay sharp. I'll go back and do the clubs. But then when I went back to try and do the clubs, clubs that I'd headlined for f- years and years um, regularly, suddenly. Uh, I couldn't, wouldn't talk to me uh, wouldn't wouldn't return my emails my phone calls uh, nothing, they wouldn't talk to me uh, and um, uh, frozen out by um, by by, by some bookers uh, who know that if they put me on a bill, I've got the TV credits that will sell the tickets, they know I'll deliver because I've been doing it so long they know I'm not particularly, I'm not controversial they know that, and, and this is the thing I'm not uh, even the Facebook page I'd never put anything on social media that has got me suspended or or any mm. kind of banned from social media never not once
1: uh, um, I wish we could say that <laughs> just, so,
2: and yet there's there's this, this this false impression out there of me of being a uh, a controversial comedian um, which has been generated by this journalistic input um at the time I put that Facebook post up, uh, the Chortle website, uh, Steve Bennett, guy who runs it, put three articles about me on the on the homepage of his website, um, which is unusual because no one knew who I was really. I'm not not well known, um, and he, he sort of uh, and he was obviously getting hits from for him. Uh, probably predominantly from people within the comedy industry. So so he ran with it and made a lot more of it um, than there was uh, and made it into something a lot more controversial than it was. And then um, I think The Independent as well at the time, which was still a newspaper rather than just an online blog, <laughs> um, uh, published some, some stuff about me as well because I thought, oh, well, this will get people clicking online, uh, which was... Um, uh, quite far removed from anything that I'd put, I'd put up on social media, but they wanted the clicks, uh, for their advertising or, or whatever. Uh, Speaking of
1: advertising, before Francis asks you our last question because we're out of time, you're about to go on tour at the time this comes out, you may already be on tour, which is called Pale, Male and Stale. Uh, Great title. Pale,
2: Male and Stale Uh, Tour, yeah. So uh,
1: where can people uh, get tickets for that? I'm sure you'll be at least as funny as this interview, Uh, (laughs) if not not more. Um,
2: Yeah, I saved all my best stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, How how do people
2: get tickets? You know, you You can come to my website andrewlawrencecomedy.co.uk and it's just a, a staggered tour. Um, yeah it's, it's all on all on the website uh, if, if you feel like coming along alright <laughs> go and see Andrew
1: he's a very 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 funny comedian
0: there, uh, there was one question I wanted to ask which before we wrapped up and I kept trying to ask and it yeah, kept yeah. going away sure. the thing I loved about your comedy I was a still am a massive fan but when I first as an open spot I, one of my favourite comedians genuinely yeah. and the reason was is because you would have with your jokes I would describe as a beautiful savagery To the way you write Mm.
2: Yeah
0: And I look at Mock the Week And I look at a lot of these You know Satirical Panel shows Or people on TV Mm. And it's fucking boring Comedy to me should be about saying the truth, however unpleasant it may be, and just hitting that bullseye. Yeah. And that's what audiences, that's what deep down we go and see comedians. That's why we we worship the prize of Patrice O'Neill's, your Bill Hicks's, you know, your Joan Rivers, people who come out. Why has it become so boring?
2: Well, you know, I think always the sort of comedians you're talking about are predominantly American. Comics, and I think uh, there's a lot more um, you can do uh, in America as a stand-up. Um, I think um, for a lot of years, not anymore, but when I started out, uh, probably until uh, probably until four or five years ago, the BBC was 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 what you what you aimed for, and to to get on there, you had to. You have to water down, uh, water down what you do. And I did that, and a lot of acts did it as well. And um, Because, you know, you want to earn some money. You don't want to live in a dump. You want, yeah. And, uh, you know, if you've got a family, you've got uh, kids to support and um, mortgages to pay and nursery fees. You love stand-up, uh, but you've got to find the money from somewhere. And if you're looking, the further you go away from stand-up, to look for alternative streams of income, the worse you get a stand-up because you need to be giving it your full focus. It's, you can't do it half-assed. It's, you have to give it everything, absolutely everything to be good at it, to be really good at it. You have to, there can't be anything else, um, I think. Uh, Andrew,
1: so before we let you go, uh, the last question we always ask is, what is the one question that no one's talking about, the one issue that no one's talking about that we should be talking about?
2: yeah do you know what it's difficult because it's all out there isn't it it's all out there somewhere mm. there's too much talking <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's too much talking i think um all
1: right that's it we're shutting down <laughs>
2: trigonometry.
1: end the conversation uh, hashtag no debate i think uh,
2: there, there needs to be a uh, more uh, discussion about um Social media and and how it's uh, regulated or not regulated, as the case may be, and uh, about um um uh I, I think uh, and a lot more exploration of its impact on people's um people's lives. I think we're just scratching the surface of that. I think uh, things, the Facebook and Twitter, and Instagram, are now having a profound impact on um a lot of people's lives and uh, I think um, I think there has to be uh, I think there has to be some acknowledgement of that first of all but um, I think there has to be d- a lot of discussion about that not enough discussion about that I think takes place
0: Alright well, Thank answer. you it's a, it's a great answer and it's actually very you know it's very prescient because as a former teacher I've seen the effect you know children completely addicted to smartphones all the rest of it being yeah. right until 2 in the morning 10, 11 year olds yeah. but thank you very much for coming on the show Andrew if people want to find you on social media ironically enough where can they do that?
2: <laughs> um, well I'm on my, on my, um, at Andrew Lawrence on Twitter I guess
1: I love the way you had to think about it. <laughs> Just, it's your own name Yeah. by the way well done on getting the fact that you're a former teacher into yet another you know I mean? episode yeah, yeah
0: absolutely good
1: stuff yep. uh, as always make sure you follow Andrew check him out He's very very funny stand up make sure you go see him on tour really really great comic as deeply always, problematic deeply problematic male pale <laughs> and stale there you go uh, and as always follow us at TriggerPod YouTube, uh, YouTube uh, Facebook Twitter etc and we'll see you in a week's time with another brilliant episode take, take care. care
0: see you next week guys back.